1: Thank you for tuning in. We're doing the HBO's Leftovers After Show here at AfterBuzz TV. Uh, let's just jump right in. I'm your host, Zach Wilson. Um, this is going to be a crazy panel. Um, why don't you guys introduce yourselves?
2: Hey, I'm Kelly
3: McNerney. And I'm Elena Jordan.
1: And we're going to be taking you through the pilot episode, episode 101 of The Leftovers. Um... First of all, first reactions, what do you guys think of this pilot? We literally walked out of the screening room and into here, so we haven't even had time to process this insanity.
3: Just a lot going on. <laughs> I don't know, like, woo. A lot I of- think it's brilliantly done how yeah. they're able to seamlessly tie all of these seemingly unrelated things together, all the different storylines, yeah. and how they're focusing on this huge event, but instead of... Focusing on the global scale, just on this small yeah. town, the Mapleton like community.
1: Yeah, it was it was it was definitely an impressive pilot. We got a little bit. Of, you heard like sort of, Damien Lindelof's voice. Like I know I was a big fan of him on Lost, and like we'll try to stay away from any Lost comparisons on this show. I've gotten in trouble with that before on other panels, but um, but it, it has that same thing of like a grant, like some crazy. Uh, supernatural element to the show but if you just focus on the small things you almost forget that that is even an issue um and i also you also get felt definitely felt the presence of the director uh peter berg who if any of you are not familiar also directed uh friday night lights the movie and a couple of the and the pilot of that show as well um hancock um and the recent uh lone survivor um, but you could feel this felt very cinematic, the way that it weaved in characters introducing so many people that you didn't think were related at all. And then found out that they all truly intersected. Some of them related directly. Yeah. Um, not just their storylines. Um, but let's get to our, right, right, to our main character who is uh police chief Garvey. Uh, Kevin Garvey, uh, played by Justin Thoreau. Um, he did a fantastic job, first of all. On the show, um, and we meet him um, after we jump forward in time from the first disappearance with that baby. The baby disappeared. Great.
2: Well, baby. I guess you didn't. They didn't really kill a baby, so it's not bad.
1: We don't know if they killed a baby. Yeah. I guess.
3: Yeah. They do a lot of crazy things on this, this show. Yeah. The, the. I think kind of where we were all taken aback the first time was when they shoot the dog. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's insane. I mean, that goes you've... against everything that you ever learn in film school <laughs> yeah. or in television making. That's always save the cat, pet the dog. Mm-hmm. There's even books named after that.
1: Yeah. Only, I think, HBO has the chutzpah to, <laughs> in the first five minutes of a TV show, effectively kill a baby and shoot a dog and then just keep going mm-hmm. as if nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> that was just the introduction to The Leftovers um but then we keep going and we actually get to meet uh kevin like he sees the dog and he's like trying to find this guy um and he's we get to know him as a good person because the first thing his first reaction to the dog is to take the tags to its owner let them know break try to break the news to them let her lightly that her dogs passed away it was very nice it was a nice thing to do but she doesn't care because that's the world that we live in people just don't what did you guys think about that? It seemed like just nobody in this world cared anymore.
3: Well, I don't know if it's so much apathy is just kind of, you know, ambivalence. They don't know what to feel because there's later the scene they're talking about if they feel abandoned or, you know, burdened. burdened. And I feel that that's what most people in this situation are going through. And so they can all kind of relate, but they all kind of relate in their own confusion and misery and worry and is this just the start of something else? Is, you know, this just happened. This could easily happen again.
2: Yeah, there's no explanation. You right, know. and three know years one. have
3: passed. Nothing. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: It, it's tough to imagine, like, what you're going through, and we're trying to piece together Chief Garvey's story in this whole world that he's dealt with, because we know that he, we sort of, as we learn about his family, we, we meet... Uh, we meet Jill, we meet Tommy, and we have no idea at first that they're related, but it slowly pieced together when he calls his, uh, he calls him like, it's your daddy, which is a little bit weird. It's <laughs> like, call your daddy, please. Um, but then he, but we get to, we know he's a good guy and he's trying to do right. Um, I thought the dynamic between him and the mayor was very interesting.
2: Well, he's the chief of police, I guess, maybe. Yeah, right.
1: but like, they're not just, uh you would hope that the chief of police and the mayor on good terms. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very much not. Yeah. Um, she's trying to throw this big parade for the whole town, and uh, he doesn't want it to happen at all. Because it's Heroes Day, is what they're calling it. Mm-hmm. And as one of, one of the other officers points out, it's like, these people weren't heroes. And that's like a big theme of the show, is just where did these people go? Why are they gone? Um, and we can kind of throw it out there like like wild theories which i'm sure we'll have lots of wild theories as we try to piece together what's going on on this show but it's um these people are not good necessarily good people they're not necessarily bad people Mm -hmm. um i mean what do you guys think you would how would you handle this if you were running this town like is the mayor right in this situation that they need to honor these people or is the danger as chief garvey brings up of of a dangerous protest of like the threat of an outside person hurting you for this Remembrance Day. What's, what's the right thing to do?
2: Maybe not a parade. I feel like, I feel like you should remember them definitely because even though they weren't, all of them weren't good people, somebody still loved them and you know, they did something good, had to, I, you know, everybody has a little bit good in them and like you love them. Um, but maybe not a parade because that the, the G&R maybe just, you know, like on television just list the names kind of like 9-11. That's what they're going to do. Yeah,
1: yeah, something not where you, you don't have a gathering. Yeah. I guess it's, it's that's what he points out. You're asking for trouble. By mm-hmm. gathering everyone together, you're asking them to show up and protest. Yeah. Um, and that's where it gets out of hand. Because um, as we sort of meet the G.R. This is what I thought was very interesting because this the whole event didn't go into what like what happened we we never really spent that much time focusing on what happened just sort of in the background on the news we meet that we hear that scientist basically being attacked by a judge or a a senator uh saying you you're telling me you don't know i imagine the government probably put a lot of money into what happened um and the scientists come up short, but they didn't really go into like, oh, it was Jesus. Nobody's really think- dealing with that. It's just cults forming. Mm-hmm. Um, and we meet, a, we see a bunch of different cults on this show. Um, the GR being the big one, but then Wayne and his compound being another. And they sort of imply as we go out throughout the episode that there are a lot more. Um, yeah. But so, what do you guys think about what's happening in this world that people are dealing what switch got turned that day was it just that they that they didn't know or is there something bigger at work is it that the best people are taking from us i'm curious what you guys thought just like on the mythology with almost no information to go on at this point
3: Well, I thought, one, touching back on something you mentioned before, the exposition through the different news reports throughout the episode, I thought was a brilliant way to kind of subtly bring in those different aspects and in any sort of major catastrophe or major event Mm -hmm. They tend to have the commentators with the arguing the scientific epistemology versus the religion and putting people, you know, you don't know, but we don't know either. So who's right? And really illustrating that, that I think is kind of a universal theme and really touching on that and having that link in to the the different characters. I thought was just really cool. Um, And I don't know if it's necessarily that it's, you know, as Matt points out, as he's yelling in the parade,
1: Matt, he's... played by Christopher Eccleston, which, so Amazing. excited to see him back on television. <laughs> I'm a huge Doctor Who nerd, so the fact that he's on the show is just like, oh, I gotta watch this.
3: I I am excited to see more from that character, too, so I feel like he has a, a really good backstory that they just kind of touched on a little bit in this one, so I'm interested to see more about that, but as he was pointing out, you know, these people had huge flaws, this isn't... The best of the best, and then later with the exposition too through the news report, Gary Busey,
0: yeah,
3: <laughs> which I thought was a nice little comic relief. That yeah. was a hilarious
1: little roll of people. Like you had Gary Busey, Shaquille O'Neal disappeared, the Pope, I, the Pope was gone, <laughs> and I was like, Bonnie Raitt disappeared. <laughs> uh, um
3: much needed comic relief. Yeah, and... that was a great. That was a great
1: <laughs> moment. It was a nice little touch at the end there. Um, but I think what's it, it raises some interesting questions about who these people are. What what was the selection process? Because we get that voiceover at the beginning that's talking about 1 in 50. Um, 1 in 50 people disappeared. 2% of the world's population. Not very many. They compare it to like plagues, like smallpox were, was wiping out 95% of the population. Um, it reminds me, it makes me think a little bit of the the concept that uh, in Christianity, and I think it's mainly in Catholicism, of uh, predestination. The idea that it doesn't matter what you do with life, who's going to heaven has already been decided. Um you can be the the sinners and the saints alike will be brought into heaven because. That's that's all at least my understanding of it. It's just because. Um but that seems to be what's at work here is it's just one out of fifty people got the won the lottery for wherever. If it if you think if you think they went to heaven, one out of 50 people won that lottery, and it's gone. Yeah. Or was it aliens? I'm going to throw that word out very early. Did aliens just be like, we're abducting 2%? That's what we need to start a new human colony.
3: There were no beams or light or anything, though. It just was like... I did like the expression on the baby Sam... Right before it happened yeah.
1: That was very interesting uh-huh. And I don't think It was an accident
3: Yeah no. And also Props to that baby
1: Good act. Good <laughs> acting on this baby on show good
3: Even the baby, baby. In the yeah. opening intro <laughs> uh,
1: But they have the. It's almost like uh, Not a physical beam of light Because in a lot of ways This show is sort of This is the end The drama Yeah <laughs> Which is when I, saw, when I first heard The concept I was like Oh it's, they, they saw Seth Rogen's movie And were like We should do this But as a serious drama which I don't think Seth Rogen thought was going to happen, mm-hmm. but um, it sort of like a that ba- whatever that baby was seeing, um, and they talk about what the dogs saw, and we'll get into the dogs a little bit later in the show. But something about this event was so life changing, so un- it changes the perspective on the universe that they're not the same anymore.
3: Well, apparently, it also changes. Wayne's physicality because now he has the ability to remove other people's pain or burden linking that back to, to Tom and Wayne and that scenario. Mm we haven't quite jumped into fully yet, but it seems that when they bring in a Congressman Witten and Tom's explaining, he can, he can do this. He can make you feel better. And they don't show exactly what he does, but you can tell he already has this allegiance, this following of people and has this nice compound and
1: he has this way yeah. at least at, at minimum he has a way of talking to people that nobody else does and I guess well, it remains to be seen if that's something fit, like psychic sort of supernatural or if it's more grounded mm-hmm. um, if he's just a really good talker um, but we'll talk a little bit more about Wayne and his compound and that whatever whatever creepiness is going on there with his little asian harem of women yeah. <laughs> um but let's let's talk about the the parade incident um because that was the big like build-up of the show um especially for chief and for just and the mayor and all the town is just slowly we're slowly getting to this point of pro like protest we see the gr like, throughout the episode stalking people almost strategically in a way um and then they're the most peaceful protesters ever. All they do is hold up signs. They walk kind of nearby, behind people. I figured they were going to come up behind the mayor and, like, be standing right behind her <laughs> so that they're all, like, looking over their shoulder. <laughs> um, I mean, what do you think – what is their goal? Like, who are these people? What, what is it about them? They're not – they don't talk. Um, they, they don't – their meals are listed only as sustenance. Mm-hmm. But what, what's going – what do you guys think is going on there?
2: I I don't know. I feel like they just they're just there to remind you of the people that have gone. But I it, I'm, I'm very confused with them because they don't talk. I guess they don't talk because there's no point wasting your breath figuring it out. Just accept it. And that's
3: one of their mottos: is this stop yeah. wasting your breath. I had a little bit more insight on that that I talk about it later. But yeah, <laughs> got to work on a little promotion for the show and had uh, some insight for the the (laughs) GR and their whole thing is basically they've just kind of I won't say given up but they feel that this is just something that's going to probably incite something else that this isn't Mm -hmm. over yet you're all acting like nothing has happened and you're trying to move forward but don't move forward there's no point in this you're all just going to die anyway so they smoke (laughs) and do it not for fun but just to kind of be annoying and to make a very Vocal without actually speaking a uh, proclamation of their faith, which is don't believe in anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, the, the cigarettes are an interesting little touch and they'll even hear a guy at the protest yelling, go take your cigarettes and get out of here. Um, I guess it is sort of just like a, I get they are in a way they've given up on life or they're just not worrying about it anymore. I wonder if they're the people who saw what happened that saw people disappear
3: well it wouldn't necessarily be all of them because we we see the woman the later baby. on that the the yeah. lady at the laundromat yeah does make an appearance later on but it's possible that it could be some of them well,
1: um, or maybe that's why she's like as her fiance says like she's going through some stuff she's clearly very distant she's not excited about her wedding mm-hmm. um I wonder it. I, I'm. Th- what I'm thinking is that these are the people who saw what happened. So they saw something that they don't know how to reason. As the as the twins talk about with the, when the when they're burying the dog and dogs saw saw it happen, but couldn't figure it out. They couldn't. They did. They couldn't. Re- they they're not burdened by trying to f- trying to figure out mm-hmm. or trying to put reason to it. So they just become feral. And in a, to me, in a way, the the cultists are feral in a sense that they they stop talking they've emotion so they've emotionally sort of shut down in a way mm-hmm. at least in one in one in one sense they're not they don't exist in the same world as everybody else they're trying to bring people over and they're i think they're saying don't waste your breath they're trying to show people this new perspective on the world that they they alone saw So I I think Meg actually did see. She probably saw someone disappear in front of her.
2: Is that why? Why do you think they're following certain people though? Like Meg, and they kind of followed Garvey. Yeah,
1: I'm not sure. Maybe they're just. Maybe he did see something. Maybe it's just the way he's affected. mm -hmm. Maybe
2: Maybe that lady disappeared. You know who I'm talking about? When he when he was at home cleaning the gutters, maybe he saw
3: that disappear. I'm just
2: uh, oh,
1: whoever he was. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess I just assumed that was his wife.
3: I thought it I was. I feel like a lot of that, too, there was so much lead-up to make it seem like his wife had vanished. And everything you're picturing, it, like, oh, was yeah. with his wife, mm-hmm. and she just disappears. And oh, wouldn't that be horrible? And oh, Jill's lost her mother, and she just vanished. But then... She didn't, yeah. It, the whole... The show is just brilliant. Although, yeah, then too. that
1: would... If if both... If that both my theories were correct, that would mean that he was with his wife when... The people disappeared, but she's in the cult because she saw someone disappear, so who else was in the room? (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, It may
3: just be kind of how generally cults kind of prey on the mentally weak anyway, that they just find people that they feel are kind of on edge, and so them starting to follow him now is showing even more. He's just really getting to the breaking point, because things are just piling up for him one mm -hmm. after one. His... Wife leaves and joins one cult. His son leaves and joins another. His and daughter is awful. That's a
2: crazy yeah. party.
1: And he's starting to have visions by the end of the episode. The way that Wayne talks about having dreams about his son coming back, he has been seeing this deer, in like it was there, and then it wasn't. It was in his dream, and then it shows up at the end of the episode in very much in real life.
2: And when he's bringing the dog collar, he sees the deer
1: yeah right it's it's kind yeah he he sees it it's gone yeah um it's it's stalking him in a way psychically mm-hmm. um so maybe he's at the three year mark as like as Wayne puts it later um what did he say he's uh there uh therefore with and remember three years three years is like a a meaningful date there's a reason we're we're catching up we're starting on this show now Mm -hmm. um and that's going to be really interesting to find out as we go forward and before we go forward with this podcast we're gonna take a little break and talk about itunes so guys all you listeners at home all you watchers on youtube first of all i want to thank you guys so much for tuning in uh everyone from everyone here at after buzz uh the fact that you listen to us uh on all of our podcasts and now on this one it means so much to us and it doesn't just mean uh touch us right here in our hearts it also helps us keep these lights on um so it's very and there's a lot of ways that you can help us keep the lights on here at after buzz tv and not just listening telling your friends about the show keeping the show as popular going on to itunes and rating the show is very it's very important to uh, uh to everyone here um go on there Hit us with a five star rating. Let us know five star rating if you if you think we're good. I, I hope I hope we're getting five stars from you guys. <laughs> um, but it really but um, rating the show doesn't just uh, m- make us feel good about our days. I know I smile every time I see somebody review one of my shows. Um, it also helps keep the podcast at the top of the search ratings. Um, when people search for leftovers podcast, they'll see this one first. If you guys reading us, but you can also tell us what you think of the show um you can go on to youtube and we'll get into discussions throughout the season you can let us know what your thing what are your we want to know what your theories are on the show because this is going to have like any sci-fi type show there's going to be some craziness going on as we move forward um and we we may not catch everything you guys may have ideas that we didn't and we want to hear from you so please let us know and bonus if you rate us on itunes you'll get a shout out here on the show in these fun little iTunes segments you might get to hear your name on this podcast. It's the biggest prize ever, not really, but it will be fun. Um so let's get back into it guys. Um let's talk about um Jill and Amy. Um Jill is as we as we're not quite sure at first but we learned she's chief's daughter. Um and she's she's definitely going through a rough patch. In her life
2: it's a rebellious phase kind of too
3: well i think the jill amy dynamic really highlights that these kids have super been affected by this on a grand scale these teenagers are acting insane now and their best yeah. friends are being horrible to each other and that's just socially acceptable
1: i don't i didn't go to a lot of parties in high school but I don't think any of them were any anywhere like that. I never that. saw any
2: burning of flesh. That's for sure. Like intentional, like maybe cigarettes by accident.
1: <laughs>
3: if but somebody's like, doing that at their parties, something is seriously well, wrong. Like that, it's, it's insane. It,
1: but it wasn't like it was a great way to sh- to show that off because it wasn't just like these kids are crazy. Like they have like a homemade wheel. This was an app, like an iPhone app yeah. that you could download that you spun. And it would have everything from hug to, pardon my French, but fuck, um, it, it had, and then burn and choke. Yeah. The ch- Like, the burn thing, I was like, oh, that's a little weird. But then choking, which goes so far as straight up just, like, autoerotic asphyxiation.
2: It's like spin the bottle on, like, heroin or something.
3: It's crazy. And it's apparently just a regular thing because scott and adam when they're waiting outside even say oh did you place s- the spin and they're like yeah of course they always do kind of yeah. mentality which is like that's just the norm that's insane
1: i mean when when it lands on um when amy spins it and lands on nick for them to go hook up in the other room like she i mean she offers to not do it because she knows that her friend has a crush on this guy but then she's like oh well whatever we'll just go do it anyway that was <laughs> <Yeah>. messed
3: up. <laughs> so, yeah
1: um but, the, but, like, that scene with the choking, like, and she's doing it, and she's, like, it's just a normal, she, she's done this, she's clearly done it before. Yeah,
2: and the guy is masturbating to it. Like, it's just messed up.
1: It's,
3: in the missing sister's room, room, it's just really highlighting, that was a great way to just highlight how ridiculous everything has become. It's just become in disarray. Everybody's trying to pretend like things are normal, but clearly nothing is normal anymore. Mm-hmm. There's just no getting around it. It's nobody's going back. Kids aren't thinking about college. That's just not really a, an issue anymore because nobody knows what they're even going to gonna get tomorrow.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean it's it's crazy thing, about because these kids, I imagine they're what 15, 16 is what they're supposed to be. I don't think we heard what grade they're in, mm-hmm. but. Um, so they were, they were 13 years old, approximately, when this happened. That's like the middle of your formative years when you're really just starting to figure out who you are and the world goes nuts mm-hmm. as you're sort of growing up. I can't even imagine what that would be like. Um, it's sort of like if everyone in your grade lost a parent as a, th- at your, at, as a 13-year-old. And so you're all going through a collective grief. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, right in the opening, uh, in Jill's first scene, I thought it was uh, the pledge of allegiance announcement was very telling about this world that the everyone rise for the pledge of allegiance. The teacher doesn't even care. The teacher, I mean, my, I remember when I had to do the pledge, like no, you, everybody gets up. Like the teacher's like, no, you have to stand up. There were all of course kids who just didn't want to say it, but then they had the prayer and everybody does it. And what I, what appeared to be a public school, um, and well, they added
3: the "if you choose to," yeah. so that makes it seem. But even
1: that today is not allowed in a public school. But this is a different world that these people are living in. Um, as we again with the news reports, there is that one conversation between the guy who is touting the Bible now as as if it's a science textbook. Like no, we have a guide to this. It's called the Bible, and the argument of science versus religion, which on any show like this is going to be the big debate. Um, is there a scientific explanation to all this or is there, is it religious? Is it just God's will? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure if we're ever going to get yeah. that.
3: I'm interested to see how they, how they continue that with the the physics aspect versus these cult spinoffs versus the previous existing religions and how all of that is subtly linked together, but without being overbearing tones. So I like that. I think we're going to get just little hints of it as it goes, just to piece together.
1: Yeah. The one thing that I'm happy that I saw is that I saw an interview at one point with Tom Perota, who's the uh, who co-wrote this uh, episode with Damon Lindelof. And he wrote the book that the show is based on of the same name. It's called The Leftovers. Um, And he said that they know what the ending is, at least for now. They know where this is going. (laughs) It's they figured it out already, which is always good to know for a mystery show that yeah. they the, the writers know where this is headed. Um, so they can drop in little hints as we go. Um, but so Jill's dealing with all that, and that's when, uh, at after the party, she finds the dead dog in her you know, dad's car, the trunk of her dad's car, you know, just everyday thing.
3: Yeah, not a great night. Not a great night for anybody, really. Yeah. But
1: especially for Jill, she had to choke a guy. She, and then she her just has best to bury friends
3: having yeah. sex with her crush. Yeah. And her dad also has to see a dog get shot in front of the in front of him, and yeah. then have all these crazy hit a deer. My kitchen's messed up now. I don't know where my daughter is. She didn't come home.
2: Yeah. His he his uh brother uh, son won't answer his phone calls either.
1: Yeah. Yeah, What's up with Tom? Tommy is, so we we meet Tommy first when he's picking up the congressman in some sort of super secret, like he had to get in, in like five different cars that took him in like any different direction until he finally got to this compound, which he had to be blindfolded to even show up. And so I guess we're seeing that even people of stature, even people who are in like in In theory, intelligent. I guess today the the title congressman doesn't necessarily imply (laughs) the smartest people in the world. But um, we, but we, we this guy is he's going to this cult for for help as we sort of find out. At first, I thought he was going to be. I don't know what you guys thought when he first showed up. I thought he was going to be like investigating the cult. Or, like, parlaying with them is, like, trying to make peace with...
2: I thought they were going to, like, capture him or something with the blindfold. I thought they were just going to kill him or something. I don't know. They've I'm kidnapped him. I trust them.
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, who knows? The, the For now, the cults seem peaceful. They've, mm-hmm. like, purchased property. They're, like, the GR is not, doing nonviolent like, nonviolent resistance and all that. Um, but, yeah, it very easily could be... Could come around and yeah. Um, and as like as Tommy drives him up, like it's very secure compound, we meet, we get to meet Wayne. Um, we talked a little bit about earlier, but this, what do you think this guy's story is? Is he really seeing the truth, like some information that we don't have? Um, I kind of want to, I kind of think of him as a guy who's just super charismatic and maybe a little bit nuts
2: how I kinda of feel. Because I feel like if he had that power he'd be a lot bigger, you know? I'd feel like they wouldn't it wouldn't just be a little compound. I feel like a lot more people would try and get in on that action to like erase the pain. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Although I, I don't know who maybe he maybe it is bigger than we've seen so far. Yeah maybe he clearly has like his choice. That the we the, the harem by the pool. I don't know what that is.
3: That I That's sad, too, speaking of the kids (laughs) kind of going crazy. Christine, obviously, is only 16 years old. She's somebody who, after it happens, as a 13-year-old, you know, runs and joins this cult because she has nowhere else to go. And it really shows kind of how Wayne does have this power. And he sees that Tom and Christine have that bond. kind of, yeah, with him getting her the candy. Yeah kind of shows you he sees everything he's in charge of everything Yeah. there's no getting anything past him
1: yeah well we see the guard up at the top mm-hmm. of the hill that like sees Christine talking to Tommy and Tommy is like oh I should I should go and she's like no sit down so they're, they're, those girls are very much being controlled they're mm-hmm. very much being monitored and uh, as Wayne puts it like there she's important keep her he tells her to tells Tommy to keep her safe
3: and keep his hands, hands off her.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, am I the only one that when he said "keep her safe," I just heard "keep it secret, keep it safe." Yeah. <laughs> um but but to about a sixteen-year-old uh, girl. Um, but so, but he's like, "keep your hands off her." Um, it's very. I, I'm very interested to see what Wayne's goal is here, because I doubt it's really to heal people.
2: There's something behind it. I well, with know.
3: any cult leader, it's typically not to heal people <laughs> it's mm-hmm. to get something It's some sort of objective yeah and clearly it's working for him
1: but if he's yeah. if he's privy to some sort of information that we don't have that it's like he could he could honestly at least in his mind be working towards a higher goal um, it's possible
3: well if, it seems like it with the watch and remember and him talking about his son and how he visits his dreams and how there is a meaning behind it it's not just a random happenstance. There's some bigger thing that is to come that he feels that he's privy to. And now he has to tell everybody else to watch and remember, to be visual, to keep this in mind that this happened and that that's not the end of it.
1: And it very well could be something, it very well could be something good coming. It could be something horrible coming that could be happening today. on like on this day. Um, three years like now whatever he was foretelling it's coming and quickly um any any more thoughts on on wayne and tommy i mean he tommy's been out of reach his dad his dad won't reach him so i i I feel like they're gonna meet up at some point soon
3: i did like the line when congressman witten is in the, the car and he's asking if he goes to college and he says no and then you see that flashback too kind of letting you know that again everything has just gone insane yeah, and yeah. th- he just doesn't see the point and he says your parents must be so proud before you realize that his parents are Kevin who is emotionally broken as well and then leading to the big reveal of the episode I
2: think Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: I mean that just the, the watching those two people just jump off and like it just pans down to him standing there he
2: was so quick too
1: those little crazy. jumps back, I thought were a really nice touch, like uh, ed- just a really nice editing touch to the whole episode of just like drop dropping in, like this really just quick moment of exposition that were always super jarring mm-hmm. and didn't all- even always give us a full picture of information. Like we don't really, I guess I-, I just assume, but we don't know who Chief was having sex with in his little flashback,
2: or if his dad went crazy. Remember when? Yeah,
1: he <laughs> just the... a, a big. Big naked. dude running yeah. naked through the. <laughs> looked like cops footage. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and the, I mean, the big reveal of this episode as we built up and we were watching the GR, we're watching the, the violent protest, the, like or the, the peaceful protest that gets violent when people freak out, we're, and we're, we're seeing uh, Jill go through her thing and Tommy, and we're learning all these people are connected, and then Chief is out drinking. Um, and he runs into the mother from the top of the episode, who we hadn't seen bef- before. But she's clearly just like doesn't know what to do. Um, we learned in her opening speech that she, her whoever her guy was, wasn't helping her, um, and she was just sort of on her own. And then when when he when they're talking, and she just asks where where, where were you, and he's are, and she wants to know what his theory is like just like all of us Like, what do you think is happening here yeah.
3: I love that bookend having them be in that bar and having the yeah. opening scene be her and then that being just mm-hmm. kind of a, a minor character that then links the whole thing together Because
2: yeah. so I was wondering kind of what happened to her mm-hmm. I thought at first Lori was her when I first saw Lori brushing her teeth I thought it was the mom but then I realized it was a different person
1: yeah, um, but, and then when he, when she asks him why, she says, ours is not to reason why. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of, that's, that's clearly, at least to at that point, his perspective on the world is like, it doesn't matter why or how, it just, it happened. We have to now pick up the pieces. We have to keep the peace. This is his job. Keep the peace. As the mayor says, keep the peace. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, he sees the he sees the guy that shot the dog, and we're like, "Go get him! <laughs> Go track him down! Go that dog, the dog killer." Of course, we don't like at least at that point. But then, well, of he, course, <laughs> but then, but he loses him again, and so he just starts drunkenly drives away. Well, he sees
3: the gr.
1: Yeah. Oh, who so are now then, stalking him? And
3: now stalk him because now after he intervened. Oof. And then we start getting you know, we see where is he going, what is he gonna do? The GR's triggered what leads us to this that's the what I just lost my mind when yeah. I linked those the big final yeah. thing together that Lori
1: What it Lori is his wife. This, yeah. this she person is this, this silent person who we've just been following throughout the episode, just smoking cigarettes, eating oatmeal for sustenance. She wanted to go to the protest. She wanted to be there where she knew her husband would be. Um, although I guess he wouldn't. He have seen her. Well, or maybe he she
3: was. She was following Meg. They gave her. That assignment. So I think she was still doing that. Because oh no, you're right.
2: Because she like she's,
1: she asks at the beginning, like she sees the list of people. I I never
3: saw her out there. I feel like they would have.
2: I feel like there was a lot of people though, and maybe he that's was true. trying to.
1: There's you know. a lot of, maybe the the people that got names on the list. They were the ones who got to hold signs, and everybody else was had the horns yeah. hanging in the background. And and in fairness, Chief was a little distracted
2: by a shoe in his eye. Right, that's what happened.
1: Yeah, hit oh. you know, by a shoe. Yeah. Um but I, I mean I wonder if it's the people that they're stalk that are stalking them. Uh the people they're stalking rather are the ones who they they want to join them.
3: That's what I think. I think it's they're targeting the, the weak because it works with Meg. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's what it is, is they're that juxtaposed with Kevin's stories almost showing, Hey, somebody else has already got your son, we've got your wife
1: I actually think it's it's not the they're, they're targeting the weak. I think it's the opposite. I think that the people they're targeting are people who are important in some way.
3: They just want to be vis- visible is a big thing too. Yeah. So yeah, because they make it very clear that he's not welcome when he yeah arrives to try to win Lori back. At least
1: in his current state. But I think what I'm thinking is like if they're stalking, if they're they're out to get Meg they're tracking her down like we know that there's something we don't really know her story yet mm-hmm. um but if they're tracking these people down to in order to recruit them are they more important than we realize he's having these like as, when he sees the deer again like th- that he dreamt of he dreamt of this deer it's like stalking him there's something um, doesn't mean that there's something about him that is bigger than anyone knows at this point except maybe the gr
2: do you think though? I thought maybe they were targeting him because nobody disappeared out of his family.
1: Because That's an interesting thought.
2: None, of, nobody did, and I don't know. I I'm assuming maybe none of Meg's because Meg had a fiance already. But I mean, three years.
1: Yeah, but it's also. I mean, yeah. I think I feel like most families wouldn't be affected because it's like one in fifty. They say, as they say in the opening thing, it's um, it's unlikely that your family was mm-hmm. even affected. Yeah. But
3: still 140 million people globally. So that's you're going to be affected in some way. Yeah. And like
1: when they were listing off those numbers of countries, and then it was like it was like one and a half million, one and a half million. China, 25 million. (laughs) Um, Chinese got hit pretty hard.
3: Well, that lets you know that it's proportionate to the the space, that it wasn't one place more than another. It was globally completely spaced out, just randomly 2%, which makes it even more of. A mystery because yeah. that in itself intris- intrinsically seems like it should have some sort of methodic reasoning for it. So I'm just excited to see where it goes, like where yeah. they take yeah. the whole storyline.
1: But that and that the moment where they reveal that Laurie is his wife was just so just like boom, um, it changes the whole dynamic of the show in that instant because it, it ties together all of the different pieces and it's just this intricately woven web that i can only imagine will get more intricate we'll find out who, who i'm assuming that either matt is uh, chris reckleson's character is either f- trying he's like somebody who's trying to form a cult or is just he's sort of affected in the same way but no one wants to follow him
3: i don't think that it's that he wants to form a cult I think it's mostly that he's acting out to justify to himself why he wasn't taken like it's not that we're bad people that we were left these weren't all the good people that were taken mm-hmm. it's That's not that we're being punished I it's not that I wasn't raptured because I'm not great this wasn't the rapture this is something else they didn't take everybody who That's should good. have been yeah. according yeah. to what we were told so it's it's that of dissonance that just tweaks it and just kind of makes them insane so that's why I just want to see all these characters are crazy in the most interesting ways yeah
1: and that's like it, I feel like it, and they're all set up in such a way that like I, I, I can't wait for more to happen to them because how each there's they're all so different while all living in the same world mm-hmm. that how they each react to what's what is inevitably just going to get crazier and crazier and crazier as we go is uh the they have the great they have a really great blueprint and that's like why I've really enjoyed this pilot is that they there's a great blue blueprint for them to go forward with um and so let's talk about that last scene yeah, really quick yeah it's so
3: brilliantly strung together how they um, add the supernatural aspect of the the dogs yeah.
1: the dogs and the deer like the dogs are the clearest evidence that people left behind were Fit, were affected in a in a real way not just like oh the the stress got to us mm-hmm. these dogs were truly changed forever they just rip that they tra- first of all they're traveling in a pack which i mean dogs do but not to that level and they just rip into this deer Well he well let's have a conversation let him have his conversation please
2: yeah
1: um what do you think that, that, what does the deer symbolize to I mean, to Garvey and to, to or into the show, I guess?
3: I think that's one of the big questions that they're yeah. going to keep kind of stringing along is what does this represent? He keeps seeing it. And I almost wonder if it's the last of his sanity because it just gets ripped to shreds. And then the man that opens the whole thing, shooting the dog, and he says, they're not our dogs anymore earlier you said there are dogs they're not our dogs anymore and scott and adam mentioned too all the dogs have gone crazy Mm
0: -hmm.
3: and it's gonna happen to us too it's just taking longer yeah so i almost feel if that line was dropped in with that last scene to be like look you're gonna lose it there's just no way around (laughs) it you can try to act like you're gonna hold it together but you're gonna snap everybody's snapping
1: it's a great point it's a great point and there's just I'm I'm so looking forward to what we're you know talk about let's um let's move into some quick uh, news and gossip uh, before we wrap out After Buzz TV News
3: so yeah I had a cool opportunity to do a little promotion for HBO's The Leftovers um, they did in Los Angeles and New York this giant scale promotion where they had uh, people decked oh, yeah, out like the guilty remnants. There. so there's me with some of the team, um, and I got the chance to lead a group of people dressed like the, the guilty remnant through the street to stand there and really just kind of <laughs> stir up people saying, you know, what's happening, and with confusion being kind of the, the premise of the show, it what, worked really well. What
1: kind of reactions did you get from the people in the crowd? Like, oh, you're right, like, you're right yeah, there Yeah, it's in insane. Front of- people
3: were so confused. They were asking questions. They were coming up to these people who then can't talk. <laughs> and then there's, you know, asking what's happening, and the only two things they can hold up on their whiteboards are stop wasting your breath, and we are living reminders. Oh, my. So people would say, well, what, who are you? What are you doing? We are living reminders. Well, what is this? Stop wasting your breath. <laughs> so really funny when, like, police officers or someone would walk up, and then you have the stop holding your breath sign. I feel like you just show them the matchbooks
1: it. that say HBO, and yeah. they're like, oh, that's, okay. That's
3: why I was like, "Well, there's a hashtag right there, guys. It's, it's pretty easy to figure it out." And I mean,
1: <laughs> the leftovers billboards are covering this city. It, like, lo- they're everywhere in Los Angeles right mm-hmm. now. So I think they're, I love how they're probably cool aware.
2: Those are too. Everything about the show. Yeah, with the faces of everybody.
1: Yeah, and they're they're very much yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we are the leftovers, <laughs> um, and let's do let's right before, uh, let's do a quick round of predictions uh, before we uh, wrap out doing our sign off
0: And now your, your after Buzz TV, TV. prediction prediction. That's
1: I love that music, it's so creepy. <laughs> um, so, uh, what do you guys think? Let's just what what do you think we're going to see next week on this show as we go forward? What's your biggest prediction of what where we're headed I, I don't
2: know I think I I don't even know I feel like we're gonna see more <laughs> of the deer or something you, you don't know? think
1: we're done with it
2: I don't know maybe
1: I think that's a good I think it's a good point I, I feel
2: like he's still gonna keep seeing something you know I, he keeps having these visions I don't know but it's just hard to tell and I feel like Meg is joining the cult for good I feel like they're just gonna keep her there
3: I think so too. I think that's yeah. the last time that we see her speak.
2: Yeah, which is all right. Jesus. Which is sad because Liv Tyler this. has a beautiful.
1: That voice. would be yeah.
3: So <laughs>
2: quiet. It's quiet. Though. The opposite. No, no, it's quiet.
1: That would I like be, it though. That would be cool. very interesting if they cast like the easily the biggest star in their show in Liv Tyler and don't have her speak. At all. Yeah, well,
3: I saw an interview where she was saying originally it was supposed to be a redheaded 20-year-old, and it was one <laughs> page in the script, and for whatever reason, she fell in love with it and was like, I want to be that, make this make this something cool. And they Interesting. Did. Wow.
1: Um, I'm looking forward to that. I think, what, this is going to be a wild out there prediction, but I think we're going to see Chief have he's almost gonna get he's gonna be like the the football star who's being recruited by all these different colleges we're gonna have i think wait like whatever is going on with him is very important to a lot of stuff and i think wayne might come after him through tommy i think the gr might come after him through uh lori they're gonna want him, whoever everyone's gonna want him on their side and he's just gonna he all he wants is gonna want is to just protect the peace. um he just want he just wants to be a a person he doesn't want to be a leftover mm-hmm. just
2: a good cop so he wants to do i feel exactly like
1: it's funny um yeah so we we are the leftovers and we are your leftovers panel um, how's that for a sign off? Yeah. Um, so thank you guys so much for tuning in, uh, to the first episode, the pilot of the leftovers. We're gonna be here every week talking about the show. Um, so we hope to see you next week. Guys, where can the people find you if they wanna catch you elsewhere?
2: You
3: can find me on Twitter at Elena Jordan.
2: You can find me on Twitter and Instagram too at Holly Weirdo.
1: Um, and you guys can catch me on Twitter, Instagram, all those places at Vat Zach Wilson, T H A T Z A C H W I L S O N and also here at AfterBuzz on uh, Dominion and uh, later on this summer on The Shield. Or not The Shield, The Strain. Very different <laughs> shows. Um, but yeah, thanks for watching, guys. I'm Zach Wilson, and thanks for geeking out with us.
0: From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network.